Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Unfortunately, we've run out of time today. Whatever it means for you in your club, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Hello and welcome to We'll Talk About That Later, another episode 72, I believe. Um, I'm here with the usuals. Let's start with Abdi. How are you? Good, thank you. How's everyone else? Oh, energy. I like that. I thought you were going to say, I'm tired, man. Get on with it. I'm tired up until the start of the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and we've also well you've heard him so we might as well go to him Mark yo how you doing I'm all good my man just here ready actually um, probably in the, the best footballing mood I've been in for a while so I bet <laughs> yeah you're looking quite warm as well coat on and everything <laughs> yeah do you know what comfy little gilet man little armless one nice Keep nice uh, and then we got Tanya with her with her Adidas zip on what are you saying uh, I would like to say that I'm bringing the vibes, but I don't think that's going to happen today. That I'm not in nice the mood. That fleece is Thanks. Nice. Yeah. Come on, big tans. <laughs> I thought that was Tanya. Oh my God, that, that sounded Tanya. like me. <laughs> I thought you froze. Excuse me. Legit. You're not doing any of that today. <laughs> no. Uh, nah, okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, so let's get straight into it. Uh, busy at football is like every other day now. So we've got weekend games, we've got midweek games. So there's lots to to get through. Um, so let's start with our spotlight game of the weekend. Which t- it seems like when these big games become our spotlight games, they become kind of like non-events. <laughs> we had Man United, Liverpool. We had Man City, Man United, and it's, and now we've got what's Man the, United, Arsenal. What's the what's the common denominator? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> And again, I said it against. I, I said it when they played Liverpool. I'll say it again. I was very disappointed with Man United. Um, apparently, Arsenal were there for the taking, is what I kept hearing throughout the entire broadcast. But Man United offered like they only had those two Cavani chances. Um, but if Arsenal were there for the taking, missing four players, it was very uninspiring. To be, to be fair to Cavani though, he's not going to score against his own club, is he? <laughs> 
Oh, is that a junior joke? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> every week. Every week with the Cavani joke. Abdi was trying to calculate, like, when did he play for Arsenal? I was like, what, what, what do you think he's David Luiz or something? I don't know. <laughs> um, now, I, you know, Cavani's got a previous in this fixture. Um, I, when PSG played, um, at, sorry, not this fixture, the, the stadium. When PSG played at the Emirates, man was just missing sitters. He he must have missed like ten chances that game. Roy Keane um, was on commentary going, uh, well, in pun in the studio going, um, oh, well, I can't believe Cavani missed all those chances, blah blah. blah. And then Bear people saying, oh, you look, don't know Cavani, dude. That's <laughs> what he is, bro. Yeah. He's a guy who'll get you like, I don't know, well, obviously not for main now, but he'll get you a few goals, but then he'll miss a bag of chances as well. So, mm. but the, the first one was a really bad miss as well. So I thought I thought he yeah. was. Yeah, I thought it was. A, I thought it was. Um... Wait, let, let, let's let's this. We've started all over the place. Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> so when the lineups came out, Abdi was messaging us saying, "Nope, not watching. No Saka. No no Abdi or whatever. No Saka TV off or whatever he says." Um. So yeah, Arsenal were missing four players: Gabriel, Tierney, Abamyang, uh, and Saka didn't play the game. Um. We started with Martinelli. We started with uh, Cedric, who's been playing at left back anyway. Uh, we started with um, David Luiz. David Luiz, uh, who partnered holding. Um, so yeah, what, what what did you guys think building up to the game? Did you think, you know, in my mind, I was like hoping that Saka would at least play because he's probably been our best mm. player this season. But what did you guys think um, as we built up? Thing is, with um, I was obviously upset because I, I like because obviously Saka's. Uh, to me, he's um one of our most well, if if not our most important player, um, and just watching him every season, I know you're always going to get a consistent performing that performance out of him. So that's why I was upset about him not playing, and it just came out of nowhere as well. So it seemed like a little bit of um Arsenal players dropping like flies, but um, I like I didn't realize we're playing today. We're playing. Saturday and they were playing midweek it just, it just continually playing every three days and these players were injured as well like we already had players who were struggling with injury like Partey like Smithrow like um, obviously Tierney's out and um, Aubameyang's unavailable so um, we have to manage these players as well so I, in the end like it's okay like obviously considering what happened with the game as well but um, like it's, it's obviously Going into a big game, you obviously want your best players to be playing in it, like Abami and Saka, and they're the difference makers. And I honestly, genuinely believe if we had Tierney, Saka, and Abami and playing, we probably would have won that game. Mm. So that's a fair shout, Abdi. I have a question for you. Yes. After everything that you just said, now do you take back your your Southampton rant, the when we lost the FA Cup? Because we won the because we won the league game three one and then oh. like you said m- missing those four players we probably would have beaten uh, Man United so do, uh, you, do you feel but any we're different? out of the cup but we're out of the cup so I, know, I don't I take know, it back because you, we, but you were you were well your main argument was playing those the players that Mikel did in that game do you think like oh okay now we have Southampton on Tuesday and then Man United on Saturday it makes sense um. No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I take. Mm. I definitely don't take it back because I, because some of the players I think he played are not good enough. So regardless of um, injuries or not, I don't think they should be playing. But um, in the end, like obviously, it, it turned out to be the correct thing to prioritize the Premier League game against Southampton. Um, and obviously, we are there are lots of injuries. I didn't realize how many players were getting injured and picking up 
niggles, not just for mm. our team, but for all over the Premier League as well. So you have to manage these players as well. And playing every three days, obviously. So I, I, in the end, I understood, but I don't take it back because the players that he played, I don't agree with them playing in with because I don't think they're good enough. And in all of these games as well, against Southampton in the FA Cup, against Southampton in the league, against Southampton, against Man United, Bellerin played, and he's been shocking in all three of those games. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about injuries with him. Like, and also he's not he's not using some of our other um, uh, squad players. Like Reese Nelson's not featured at all. Maitland Niles has just been sent out on loan. Willock's been sent out mm. on loan because they're not featuring. So they could have played in the cup game, but I don't think you raised some bums. Don't think he rates them. But yeah, let's focus or, or, on this game. Or that they're not ready. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, I don't know. What, what what do you guys think of the game overall? More specifically, Tanya and Mark, um, what, what did you I, think, what, you know, about my honest, approach to the game? You know, what, what are your thoughts? I, I, I think it was disappointing. Um, usually this fixture, there's so much history behind it and you do expect it to be a very entertaining game. But going into it, I did think Man United had a good chance because Saka's an unbelievable player. And when you have a player like that missing, you know, mm. the opponent is going to feel like, OK, it's one less thing to worry about. No Bamiang, he's always going to be a threat. Um, but again, I just felt Man United's approach, it just seemed a bit safe. I don't know. They just didn't seem like they wanted to go for it. And I will say one thing. I think you have to like give Arteta massive credit. I've criticised him before, but you know what? He's actually shown that he can dig you guys out of a very, very deep hole. Mm. Um, and, you know, the fact that he's, you know, brought in the likes of Smith Rowe, who's pretty much, like, changed your season around, um, who, by the way, I think he was good in that game, I thought. Mm. Um, so I think from an Arsenal's perspective, you'll be happy with mm-hmm. the point. But from a United's perspective, I think... They would kind of see it as it's it's, a, it's two points dropped, considering obviously no Tierney as well, who is also a very big player for you guys. No Saka. I don't know. They keep saying that I've even said that their squad's good, but clearly, like you were saying last week, Junior, if things aren't going right, mm-hmm. where's the plan B? I didn't mm-hmm. see that. So um, I just just on that, I, I wouldn't say that like. It, uh, uh, what you said about Arsenal fans being happy about the point, I don't. I, I can see it both ways. You'll be happier. I, yeah, we'll be. Ha- mm. Or maybe not, because you did have like good chances. We had we happier had, than losing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Happy <laughs> like you like we spoke about um, when Liverpool played Man United. It's a game you don't want to lose. So from no. that perspective, it's, it's a like, social yeah, media derby, isn't it? So. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's you don't want Man United fans to have that over you. Um, mm. But at the same time, I'm disappointed because I feel like we could have maybe... Obviously, we've had players missing stuff, but I thought at times Man United were there for the taking. Like, yeah. there was the Pepe chance, um, which was like almost oh, a yeah. replica of his goal mm-hmm. last year um, in the same fixture. Aubameyang hit the bar. Um, Aubameyang didn't hit the bar, Aubameyang didn't play. Um, not Aubameyang, Lacazette, sorry. <laughs> Lacazette hit the bar. Um, and William the loser William's chance is that William oh, see that's I, what I, I say like, if Aubameyang was playing if that, if that was Aubameyang playing yeah. if Aubameyang plays literally that position he would have stuck there in the back of the net well why did he bring William on was, did he take off Martinelli Who yeah did he, he did it was tactical uh, mm. from what I've heard or read is that um, William does better tracking back even though Martinelli was doing I don't think that was the reason I think because um, 
in the first half, we we sat quite deep, so we needed an outlet that could mm. help us retain the ball higher up. And um, Martinelli, for all his qualities, his endeavour, his ambition, his heart, his desire, all of that stuff is is, is going to lead to him give, turning over the ball quite a lot. And he was doing that quite a bit in the first half. Although he did make a, he he did make a, a good chance for Lacazette, but it just went over his head. Oh, um, yeah. And he was tracking. He, he Martinelli was actually doing good tracking back as well. Like he, there was a chance where he was going to yeah. end up on Rash's feet, right at the back post, and he and headed, headed it, yeah. headed it away. But yeah. Willian, although he he is terrible and he had that terrible chance, like <laughs> I mean that well, whatever that terrible execution of his chance, he did help with actually helping us pen Man United back a bit. Mm-hmm. And then um, him and Cedric kind of doubled up on Wan Bissaka quite well. In the, in he, the second half, you have to admit he also defended quite well. There was a yeah, chance yeah, where yeah, he did, yeah, where he tracked back. I think that was one of his better performances and better being like and even then with an asterisk, good, yeah. yeah, with an <laughs> asterisk only. I've got a quick question um, for you guys then on the on the William topic. Um, just taking away his improved performance, just just gone. Do you feel like there's a bit of pressure on Arteta, or he feels it the pressure on himself to kind of make that transfer work, work because of and I know he was free. But he he got the three year deal at the age he's at, um, on the wages he's on. Do you think there's a bit of pressure to kind of make it work, or do you think maybe you're, you're thinking this summer? Do you know what didn't really work? Let's see what we can do about kind of moving him on and, and getting the wages off. I'm not sure. I think it's too early to tell in terms of like what Arteta's like as a manager. We've only obviously we've only had like this is a year now basically that he's been in charge, so it's difficult to say with like like mistakes i don't know is william a mistake yeah i guess you could call it a mistake like bringing in william's a mistake so i guess we'll we'll see what he how he reacts to it because i think in a way i think at the start of the season he was desperate for it to work so that's why william played 15 games or whatever it was and he was like this is going to work at some point and obviously it didn't and then that's when he's taken william out we've got saka martinelli and um, Smith Rowe starting against Chelsea and that's been the start of our revamp so mm. William has now not featured a lot because of that so I think there was a I think in his mind he's like this William thing has to work eventually I feel like mm. I think there's yeah there's that element of as well for William in a way he, he's probably when he was first in the team he came straight into the team you've got to remember and he, he started well against Fulham uh, if I remember correctly yeah. um, and then from there it kind of it, you ha- obviously had high hopes and it just kind of plummeted do you think it's better for him now actually to not feel that pressure of I should be the one carrying the team creating chances scoring goals now it's more of a I can help the team where I can with the qualities that I've got. I think def- I think it's not it's not on me to win the game. I mean, I definitely think William, in his mind, he probably thinks I should be playing because you know I'm 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 the experienced guy. Blah blah blah. Even though he knows him, I feel I feel, I feel part of him definitely knows his performances have been terrible. But back on your first question um, about Arteta, I definitely do think there is a sort of a point to prove because crazy as it sounds, a lot of teams were after William on the free. <laughs> like there were interest, there were interest, you know, all over, and you know, um, Chelsea even offered him, but it was just a three-year deal that he was after, so a little bit more stability, and also he preferred London. So Arteta, in his mind, he probably thought that was a little bit of a win. He managed mm-hmm. to attract him, and um, but at the same time, he has dropped him. You know, it, it's he's not playing. He didn't play. He didn't start the weekend. He he didn't start against Southampton, and he's not starting tonight as well. So um, I feel like it's more about. Arteta doesn't really rate a lot of the squad options. 
Yeah. So instead of us being play, playing someone like Nelson, who plays in that exact same position, he'll probably prefer to play someone who's um, more experienced, do you think? And I don't know what William must be doing in training because, you know, for him to keep getting on, coming on, like at half time, I couldn't believe it. I was like, all right, okay, cool. If he's going to bring someone on at half time, he's going to bring on Odegaard. And then he whips out William. I'm just like, <laughs> we're already playing badly. But I just want to quickly touch on the game quickly. Um, um, it was funny because Man United, as I, when they, when the game started, um, it was it was a little bit it was a bit scrappy at the start, um, and then there wasn't really control for any teams. And then McTominay, uh, he he must he he had to run to the toilet and he got taken <laughs> off. He uh, had which, period pain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know why he he ate a kebab for as a pre match meal. <laughs> so um, when, when, he, when he took him off and then he brought and, and then Pogba wasn't playing that ridiculous wing role that he keeps having him mm. do in these big games and he put Pogba down the middle they they really in the second half the, the second part of the first half they gained control a lot more Yeah. And then, uh, but even then there weren't that many clear cut chances I think Leno made one outstanding save from um, Fred Fred yeah uh, but then in the second well don't you think oh, oh sorry I, I was just a quick question off of what you just mentioned uh, I don't want it to take us too far off topic, but do do you not think that it's kind of proves that Solskjaer in the big game should maybe go for it a bit more, get Pogba in centrally with one of Fred and McTominay? Because he, he chose to bring on Marshall in the first half and switch it all up into a 4 2 3 1 with the you got your three behind the striker of uh, Marshall, Fernandez, Rashford. And you've got Cavani up top. And that, to me, is a team that looks like it could win mm. a lot of games of football. So there's the question of why not try with that from the start in a bigger game, perhaps? Because he hasn't done that yet. That's true. Mm. I mean, in uh, I think uh, part of him as well, obviously, he has been a little bit more pragmatic because he is an away game at a bigger side. So obviously, uh, there's a little there's the pragmatism. But I feel like when he... Um, uh, when he when he um, brought on uh, Martial instead of um, uh, I don't know Matic or something, that sort of sent out a signal that he saw that Arsenal was sitting very deep. So yeah. he thought get Pogba in to be because uh, what we were doing was sitting deep, and then Pogba were um, getting him on the ball more would allow the likes of Martial and uh, Rashford to try and make those runs, yeah. and then it helped a little bit. So I although like I do think he is just a vibes manager. There was a little bit of a tactical <laughs> tactical. Um, but I think change up that he'd made. I think yeah. it was clear but, uh, to see uh, that. It, just on that point, I think it was clear for everyone to see that Arsenal was sitting back and that bringing on Matic would have been the wrong signal for his team. Sorry, Mark. Mm. But that, I mean, that's that's kind of my point. If if you're brave enough to go for a half an hour win once you realise Arsenal were kind of sitting back, I just feel like you should maybe be brave enough to. And I understand it was an away big away game at another big club, but. You should be prepared, maybe sometimes, to take that risk and think, right, I'm, I'm gonna make Arsenal work for this today, and and hope that they sit deep rather than react into the situation. Do you know what I mean? Get proactive with it a bit, and mm. and go for something new in a bigger game. Like, like you don't see some of the best teams in world football switch up the way that they play because of the team they're going to play. It's they will stick to their principles because that's what wins them games of football. I just think Man United have a lot more. That they could do with that starting eleven, and I know they're doing well in the league, um, knocked out the Champions League, still in the cup. But in terms of the way they play football, there's a lot more that can come from that side, which is why I'm just picking apart some of those selections. I don't want to sit on this because we've probably been on, on this for for a little bit, but just I think the last point I completely agree with you, Mark, and I think um, demonstrated by the three spotlight games that 
highlighted at the beginning of this segment. But I just feel like, you know, um, that Roy Keane kept saying the whole game, like, oh, Arsenal, these, these are there for the taking. These are there for the taking. But at the same time, I couldn't see Man United, who are apparently one of the, like, this this year's Premier League powerhouses, they they really offered very little. I feel like they they struggled to break. Arsenal played re- a really structured way. They struggled to break us down. They didn't offer much. Uh, um, what's what's his face? Uh, Bruno Fernandez wasn't in the game much at all. Once again, yeah, yeah, should should have at least at least a yellow card for for the. I can't the believe challenge. that. Um, but yeah, I just feel like Man United. I was very disappointed with Man United. I thought. You know, I was wo- I very disappointed. Like you support them? No, nah, but <laughs> I said it like, when 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 we watched them play Liverpool that I was disappointed in their approach. And again, I was really worried coming into the game, um, and I was probably very worried whilst watching the game because they still have like world class players. But I don't know. I just I do I do I I get what you mean though. But I do sort of slightly agree with Roy Keane because we were there for the second one. We had an unstrength mm. side. Set first half, we were sitting way deeper. So um, we sat off them and we were inviting pressure quite a lot. So Man United penned us in for about twenty, about 10, 20 minute period in like the, the first half after Pogba moved to centre midfield. But in the second half, I felt like we came out a lot better. Like we, we yeah. didn't sit so deep. And um, a lot of our players, like Pepe was a big threat. Lacazette woke up in the second half and he was re- very much a big threat. And obviously he was very unlucky with his chances and we had more clear-cut chances. But in the end of the day, I think it was more like towards the last 20 minutes, neither team really wanted to lose. And um and also mm. fatigue as well mm. because you play Man United rarely change their their first eleven only a few changes here and there and Arsenal were dropping like flies so we don't really have many uh, players to switch up but in the end that's the kind of games you're going to get with Man United a lot of the season like if you look at their record in the big games two defeats five draws um in the league so mm-hmm. it's 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 but it's, that's why I made that point in in terms of it's time maybe. And someone mentioned it earlier. Arteta, when you weren't, when it wasn't going so well for you earlier this season, Arteta took a big risk and he stuck Emil Smith Rowe in there. He kept him in there. He gave him footballing responsibility, and it paid off big time because he's a big part of your team now, Emil Smith Rowe. Mm. I just want to see Solskjaer look at that record that you just said: what, five losses, two draws. Other way around: two draws, five losses. Two, 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 draws, two, losses. two losses, five draws. I just want to see him take a bit of a risk now in a bigger game and uh, and go for it and not play for the draw because whatever he's doing in these big games isn't really working anyway. Mm. Just a bit of a risk, something that he will learn from, but something that really could play off for Man United in those bigger games. And Don't know what that could be, but there are options there. I think we should move on though because Abdi said he agreed with Roy Keane, so let's move on. Um, <laughs> just to highlight um, something that happened midweek, uh, Man United lost to... Uh, Sheffield United bottom of the table Sheffield United um, and I just thought you know it was a really like lacklustre performance again from Man United um, but yeah just wanted to just highlight that uh, let's yeah, move on they... oh sorry go on no 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 don't worry let's move on <laughs> are you sure Tanya yeah no 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 it's fine okay. don't worry okay uh, so yeah so the let's let's move on to Everton versus Newcastle um, I think everyone before the game was kind of thinking easy win for Everton. Um, the team in form, Newcastle looked look or have looked hapless and not able to score or even create chances at the best of times. 
um, were on a terrible run, free fall, uh, lost to, to Sheffield United, uh, lo- looked horrible against um, Arsenal, got destroyed by Aston Villa. So it was just looking really bad. And then turn up to, um, to Everton, two goals and a clean sheet. Madness. Happy days. You have to say... Um, is... Oh, no, go, go on, Mark. Sorry. No, God, I was just I was just going to big up Callum Wilson. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. And really. Yeah, it's all you can do really with that Newcastle. Side, yeah, it's true. Is is give give uh, Callum Wilson the credit. Uh, to be fair, there were a couple of others who had good games. Uh, Almiron had a decent game. Lewis. One of the best I've seen him actually. Um, Jamal Lewis. John John Shelby looking kind of ever so reliable back in that centre mid spot. I don't know. It was it was alright for Newcastle, but yeah, without Callum Wilson, they're probably in a lot more trouble than they find themselves <laughs> in true. now. Um, which is why I think it was a really good signing um, to take him from Yeah, uh, I dissed him before. I mean, I don't like him. I think he's an arrogant little shit. But <laughs> he's <laughs> actually, when you look at the team that he's in, mm. how many goals has he scored this season? Like, he's doing all right. You have to say, like... I yeah. saw a stat that he is... Uh, I might be wrong, but he is 65% of Newcastle's goals this season. Mad. He scored 10 goals this season. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's ten good. Ten goals, four yeah. assists. Not bad. That is pretty good. Mm. Like yeah. I said, look at the team that he's in. Oh, boy. And, but the problem is, and... is that Callum Wilson has a history of being injury prone. So mm. if he gets injured, mm. where are the goals coming from Newcastle? But yeah, anyway, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Joe Willock, oh, isn't no, it? It's, it's a good question, <laughs> to be fair. Because other than Callum Wilson, who have they got? Andy Carroll and Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> and Dwight Gale. <laughs> And do I get? And do I, I, go? Go. I won't even posing that as a joke. I'm actually <laughs> asking. So it is. There is a lot of pressure on his shoulders yeah. because mm. Newcastle need him. They really do. But let, let's let's talk about the game because Newcastle um, are no- notorious for playing um, five in midfield and really like closing up shop and just having those solid banks of four and five and then just having a a front man who's going to potentially hold up the ball and and then create something. Um, So Steve Bruce, after the Sheffield United game, said, no, I'm done with this. This was Rafa Benitez's way. I'm going to play my way now. And then he changed it up 4-4-2 or it was more like 4-2-4 at times against Arsenal. And then he stuck with it against Villa and then he stuck with it still. And it's a very good result for Everton. But what it does do... Um, it's not against, a good result for Everton. Against Everton. Against Everton. Against Everton. Against Everton. <laughs> You're too quick, yeah. Andy, you know? You're too quick. You need to relax. <laughs> well, I'm not the one who's mixing up my words every five minutes. You have, there's Camomile You're too tea. quick. You're the yeah. one who's too quick. Do you have chamomile tea around? Like, you just take some of that. Like, sip it on that for a little bit. Anyway, that's a, a very good, good result for... Aubameyang hit the bar. For new- and didn't even play. We're moving on. Abameng doesn't even play for Everton or Newcastle, so you bringing up is a mute point. Anyway, um, so it's a very good result for Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, so what do you guys think of his switch-up? Because they are creating more chances and they have scored now. Um, so what do you guys think of this switch-up? I don't know how he's still in a job, can I just say? <laughs> yeah, to Regardless be fair, in this day and age... 
in this day and age of the Premier League, he went 11 games without a win. And like, oh, I think it was nine defeats in there. So it's lucky. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, like them, they're, they're only, I don't think he needs a second invitation to get rid of someone as well <laughs> and piss off the whole city as well. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, um, and also, like, I don't think they, Newcastle fans, they don't want him either as well because he, he no, goes very, a lot of negative lineups. He's obviously got his Sunderland roots. But, um, to be fair, like you said that they changed it up, but then they got like spanked against Arsenal and they pretty much spanked against Villa, even though there's a modest scoreline. So um, it them opening up. I think the their biggest issue is that there's a massive lack of quality throughout their squad. There, I mean, there are some good players, but their best players aren't performing well, and then their their replacements aren't good enough, especially the, the lack of goals as well. Even though Callum Wilson's done well, but. What what I mean mm. by the switch up of thing is like yeah they they did get spanked by both Arsenal and Villa but I think even before that they weren't even creating chances they couldn't string two mm. passes together at least now they're they're more in the game there's more of a threat you know again threat like I'll, I'll do it in uh, air quotes threat but yeah I don't know what's up with Everton though hmm. Everton what's up with Everton though I don't know, Ever- Everton remind me of Spurs I'm not gonna lie like. <laughs> Whenever they get a good couple of results, you're like, right, Everton, interesting prospects, and then they just bottle it. <laughs> like Everton are a really weird team, man. Like, I are. don't know, like they're so weird. Like you don't know what you're gonna get with them. I think. Mm. Mm. Do you know what the, the thing with Everton is that it well, not quality wise, but just it reminds me of some of the older Liverpool teams of this decade in the sense that they've got good quality attacking players. Mm. But if they get injured, there's absolutely nothing yeah. no. there to come in and do a similar job. So when Richarlison and James Rodriguez and, and Calvert-Lewin, etc., are injured and you're you're sitting on who? Shank? No, he, he's left now. He went to Benfica. He went I to know, he And they've got King. But I'm talking about in the, in the first yeah, half. Yeah, that's of a this good signing. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah. The, the Josh King signing, and I'm sure we'll touch on the transfer window very, like briefly at the end. is is good because it gives them that depth. It gives them a bit of quality in reserve. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's one of the things with Everton is that mm. it's they're good. You look at the starting eleven, it looks pretty yeah. good. But beyond that, it's I, a I yeah. agree a hundred percent. Except I would say maybe starting ten because Pickford is awful. <laughs> oh yeah, Pickford. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, Garrett, look. All I'm saying right is I've. Every time I've watched Everton, or about 60 or 70% of the time I've watched Everton, Gareth Southgate has been in the stand watching the game. So if he is England number one this summer, I'm done with Gareth Southgate because you can't watch him that many times and, and yeah, but, be confident. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know he is going to be there. Yeah. No, he better wow. not. Nick Pope has uh, to be yeah. the goalkeeper for me. It has to be, it has to be Nick yeah. Pope. I'd even take uh, Dean Henderson yeah, or Henderson. Pickford and, and I'm Definitely pro Pope over Henderson, but I would take Henderson. How is he England number one? Anyone? He's he's probably the candidate for the worst goalkeeper in the country. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a good question, question. Um, but it's not a question we can answer right now. So let's move on um, to probably a really dull game, um, one of the dullest games of the weekend. Um, Palace versus Wolves. Um, not a lot happened in the game apart from a moment of brilliance um, by uh, Abere Eze. As we keep, we we always we always come on on here and praise Eze, but you know you you have to commend him for the step up from the championship, which 
you know, a lot of players don't find it easy to just step up straight away. Um, but I think Eberieze has made it look really easy. It's like nothing for him, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, top quality. And yeah, so Crystal Palace doing what Mark always says, up and down. <laughs> up and down. And you know what? I, f- I feel like we should maybe focus a couple of minutes more so on yeah, moves. Yeah, I agree. Kind of just, it's so interesting without... Well, when you look at it, they're, they're not playing European football this season. They have more rest in between games. And they're just having a, by their standards of the last couple of years, a terrible season. I think they're in 14th or 15th. Yeah, the 14th, yeah. They're in free fall. And they just can't they're, score. Yeah, they're just, I think they, just, they, can't they can't score. They can't put a couple of wins together. They're struggling to even find a singular W at the yeah. moment. Um, Obviously, they get another goal of that tonight against Arsenal. But if, if Arsenal win, you have to start asking some serious questions about Wolves. And I think we should be asking. I think we should be asking questions because we criticise the likes of Hodgson and Bruce and their negative yeah. tactics and Jose Mourinho. But Nuno, like against Chelsea, they weren't even trying. And I know it's Chelsea. You're playing a bigger team, but and then in the end, he probably got what he came for. But to not try as well, you've got talented players like Neto and Pedence and you know Adama's talented in some aspects but it's just it's just it's just it is and what's the point of watching it was a boring game Chelsea yeah. put together like 50 1500 passes and then <laughs> Chelsea wait now I'm talking about the midweek Chelsea game yeah. oh the midweek yeah, 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 no, yeah. No, yeah. and so we saw Chelsea put out a tweet of like oh look at all of these passes we've done hey we've got the record for passes but if one team's not coming out then what can you do I sort of felt a little bit of sympathy for Tuchel in that game Mm. But and then I feel like we should be criticizing guys like Nuno as well because they've done it so many times in away games. And I know you're mm. probably lacking a little bit of attacking talent, uh, but you've got a lot to contend with. You've got probably three of the best dribblers in the league in Neto, Pedent, and Adama. And but you, you're just sitting there with you know a back five, a four, three in front, uh, don't move. And then it's just boring to watch as well. What's the point? Like, why do we watch football to watch um, that kind of? game like I wasted a whole 90 minutes of my time watching Chelsea thinking yeah. oh, okay cool hopefully are they still as crap as they were under Lampard or is Tuchel going to change it no I'm just not going to be able to watch football you're just getting suffocated by boring football it's like watching Mourinho on steroids <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing I will say though that Wolves have lacked a strike obviously um, they hadn't planned on Jimenez having such a serious injury but that Chelsea game, we did see the debut of uh, William Jose, who is starting again today. So that is someone who okay. they hope. Uh, I don't think he's. I think Fabio Silva's starting. Is it? No, no, William Jose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, Abdi's so quick. I'm telling I'm you guys. This guy. Anyway. Yeah, Junior seemed pretty confident. Not gonna lie. I, yeah, I just seen the the team sheet here, and then <laughs> that guy saying, who's, "No, no, no." Who's number twelve, Da Silva. Is that him? Man is too quick. Anything it's I say, he's like. Sport website, they put him down as Da Silva. So I've always fabulous. That's nice. Um, so yeah, so um, so yeah, they're hoping that this is a guy who. It's always. I feel like it's always difficult coming in mid-season and and making an impact. But um, yeah, this is a guy who they hope they can bag him a few goals until Jimenez is back. Yeah. That's yeah, well, he he kind of has to, doesn't yeah. he? Because it's it's not. But let's be honest, it their their free fall does coincide with the Jimenez injury. Yeah. It, it's not the major defining factor of it. They're they're just not playing football 
how we know Wolves have done in the past couple of seasons. But yeah, they they need someone to to take ownership here and and start producing the you know, goods ASAP it, as well. And I know like, some of those players are young. Like Neto's still only twenty, yeah. but wow. Sometimes if you if you're good enough, you're old enough, and it's time for people now to really start chipping in for Wolves because yeah. they need goals and they need wins. Yeah. Um. I, I was just gonna just to end it. It's like is the, the reason why I find it so weird is that they beat Arsenal resoundingly, they beat Chelsea, albeit coming from behind, and then since then I don't think they've won a league game. Wow, that's crazy. So I think that just says mm-hmm. it all. Um, and yeah, so uh, let's move on. Um, again, this is this game was kind of boring. Uh, City versus Sheffield United. What I will say is that last weekend and maybe like the weekend before, we're seeing a lot of one nils um, creeping mm. through the league. Um, I don't know if it's players getting tired or or managers yeah. like adjusting for players getting tired, so they're playing more reserved and more keep ball. I don't know, but anyway, City beat Sheffield United one nil. Um, typical City, really. Keep winning games, isn't it? Yes, City of this season is keep a clean sheet and then you only need one goal don't you yeah I mean do you know what it reminds me of do you remember um, this like a few seasons ago Liverpool would just outscore everyone but maybe concede one or two Um, and then Klopp was like no 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 we're going to change it (laughs) and so Liverpool I think it was last season they scored less for Liverpool standards but conceded almost like minimal goals and I feel like that's what Pepper's done so like mm. I, I mentioned earlier in the season that he brought in the double pivot um with Rodrigo and whoever he decides to play which seems to be uh Gundogan um this season but they had that last season though I think it's because I think it's the they did they played a lot of games with Rodri and Gundogan yeah, together and but, that's what but, sort of hindered their creativity a little bit um but that was at the that was when um that only came into play when they were losing games, uh, after they were losing games, because they continued to play with the one, which was uh, Rodri or um, Fernandinho, who would play in the hole, and then they were losing games. So then Pep brought in the double pivot, but it it, it just seemed disjointed, and City weren't the City of old. And then this season, I feel like Fernandinho played a lot at centre back last season. Right, I'm talking about the beginning of the season, not. The rest of the season, Abdi. But no, just I think I think you are. He would you. He used to play one six, Rodri Gundogan, and then he would have David Silva and De Bruyne as the exactly. two centre mids. Is is what he used to roll with. Yeah, and that and that that sure. stopped working. And then he brought in the double pivot, um, to like in the in the mid season, but it just looked disjointed. This season, he seems to have perfected it, albeit buying two centre backs for a hundred million, um, but it just seems to be working. And City don't look like they, they're ever going to concede. I don't know. Um, you know. The last goal they conceded was 15th of December. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow, that's yeah. uh, quite depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Since then, oh, oh wait. Conceded. It's depressing because Mark knows what's coming up on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt it will be our spotlight game. So, yeah, um, yeah tune in on next Wednesday to hear about that one. Ruben Diaz, though, I think I think Ruben Diaz has changed a lot. I just, like I turned on the game and I wasn't planning to watch it for long, but what there was um Oli Burke ran. It was literally the first minute. Oli Burke, Oli Burke had a chance running down the flank. Ruben Diaz matched him, slid in, and 
took the ball away and left Burke on the floor. And I was just like, this guy is, he's actually playing at, you know, and I, and I know Liverpool fans won't like me saying this, but he's playing at Van Dyke level. You know how like the influence that Van Dyke has where he can make a big change. Obviously Van Dyke isn't, he, I'm, I'm not comparing him. Like I know, I know if you praise your centre-back, Liverpool fans will come running out of the back like Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, um... no, 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 but you know what, Abdi, I think that's, I've seen that all over Twitter. I just think that's such a lazy thing to say. The, I'm talking about the influence the impact, and the, the impact got, and the influence. Yeah, I know. The imp- but you've got to think, Diaz came into a defence, an already world-class defence of Edison, Cancheo, whoever he wanted at centre-back, Laporte, Ake, Stones, like a real amount, Fernandinho. Then you've got your left-backs, Mendy. Um, uh, my man, the left-back he's playing at the moment, Zinchenko. <laughs> Van Dijk came into a team. This was the team. Karayas, Lovren, <laughs> Klein and Moreno. Yeah. That's why he transformed that defence. This defence was already, it was ready made for Diaz to step in yeah. and impressively do what he's done. But comparing the impact of the two for me... But we all criticise... But, but no, no, no. I'm not, obviously, I'm not comparing the, 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 the calibre of the players. I still think Van Dijk is obviously... No, no, a no. I'm, I'm not... I, not I'm, but the influence... No, but like, we were criticising... We were criticising City's defence last season. Like, we were talking about how they were but, leaking goals. And now look at the, them. They're like, they've got the best defence in Europe. So, yeah, it's crazy, but that's not just Diaz. That he's got world class goalkeeper behind him. He's got John Stones, who's just transformed himself into John Stones of two, three years ago. My point here is that I, I know you're not comparing them at a, um, a level of who's better, but in terms of impact when they first joined, it's so difficult to compare because, like I said, what Van Dyke tra- came and transformed in terms of a defense was trash compared to what Diaz will. I honestly don't think. Um, for the, I'm, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the, for the first six months that Van Dyke came in. So we're pretty much at the same level now. Diaz has probably played about six months of uh, Man City now, maybe a little bit more. But when Van when Van Dyke first came for those six months, Liverpool they improved defensively a little bit, but obviously not amazing, not as much as they did within the next year or two years or so. In the fact that he became a, like a, a massively strong defense. Mm. But well, we also forget like he also he dragged us to a Champions he, League he, final. No, I would say defense, it was. No, I defense. think it was more of a front three that dragged you to a Champions League final. Um, but I, we I, wouldn't have got there. He definitely Van wouldn't Dijk. have got there. Not I'm not, I'm not minimalizing his. I'm not minim- minimizing his. Um, his, his influence, but you also forget like when Van Dyke came in, Robertson came into the team then, Henderson and Trent came in, which meant Henderson was taking his role, was covering for Trent as well. So there are so, other factors. This, this as well. is my point. Same way you're playing with an, same, but, same way you're there's other factors with City, there's other factors with mm, the first six months that Van Dyke was. No, there. of course, but you're you're talking about an academy player who's just stepped up and a six million signing from a relegated team. What I'm saying is that Diaz walked into a 50 million pound right back, a 40 million pound keeper. His choice of three 50 million plus centre backs and two left backs worth 40 million plus. That's why I, I think don't think the price tags really they... make any difference with the in, the impact he's had. Um, obviously, he, he's coming into a situation where he's playing with more high profile players, no, I, but I don't really think me, the okay. price tag makes a difference. I'm not I'm not discrediting his impact, mm-hmm. but for me, the impact that he's had, it would have been easier to make that impact for him considering the quality he has around him and the depth in quality, as opposed to Van Dyke, who had an uh, an ageing kind of getting worse and worse by the season, Nathaniel Klein, a horrific goalkeeper in Karayas, or slightly better one in Mignolet, Lovren, who just had an, an error in him every game, and Moreno. To make come in and make the impact he did, I just think is is crazy. And I, and I understand the impact that Diaz has has been similar, but it wouldn't have been 
as hard, I think. I don't I even think know that's a fair point. Well, time will, time will tell, point. isn't it? He's only been here six, seven months. So that's, that's a fair point. But I think I do agree with Mark because of the quality of the players that Man City have compared to um, the defence that Liverpool had. But anyway, let's move on because we were talking about City. No, no, first, we... I just want to talk about Gabriel Jesus and the shamelessness for celebrating that goal when <laughs> the whole goal was made because of Ferran Torres dribbling through like three players. And he should have gone up to Ferran Torres and said, I'll, I'll give you my day's wages, mate. Listen, you say that, but strikers are there to tap it in. He, he was exactly. in the six-yard box, mate. If he missed, then well, I mean, to be fair, we, it's possible they could miss anyway. We, so. we've, seen, we've seen strikers celebrate for a lot less. Like... Uh, Listen, yeah, I would dirt cow. I think he scored a hat trick against United. Combined, all three goals were like five yards in total. And um, was it? There was a goal for England. I think it was Jermaine Defoe. Um, he he basically tapped it on the line. He took someone. No, goal. no, no. It was, it was David Nugent. There you go. But there you go. See, and, but, and David Nugent celebrated like, come on, it, it, strikers are going to do. Well, yeah, okay, cool. Do. Well, we'll, we'll compare Gabriel Jesus to David Nugent. They're on the same level. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, cool. Let's let's move on. Uh, West Bromwich uh, versus Fulham. Um, ta- relegation. I, I, well, I think you put it. I think you put it perfectly in the chat when you said that, uh, and you said it about. I think it's tonight. Yeah, what, Sheffield tomorrow, United the, versus um, um, West Brom. Sheffield. This holds the same yeah. weight, definitely. But you said it about West Brom and Fulham in terms of how important it was. For both sides to pick up three points, yeah. obviously neither did. What? Uh, it's just a massive game in the grand scheme of things because there is a bit of a gap Starting. that teams like Brighton and Newcastle and, and those who were kind of in and around it yeah. mm-hmm. picking up points more regularly now and and these guys. So are. I think the gap now is seven points, and um, I think the the old cliche six pointer comes into to um, comes into this, and I think. Mm-hmm. I think if you're both teams, you'll be mightily disappointed. More so West Brom because they were at home. So the impetus is on them. Although, having said that, the majority of games this season have been won by the away team. Um, so, um, and that that could be down because of the fans and all that kind, kind of stuff. We know mm. how they add so much, especially for the teams down at the bottom. You know, their fans can really like pull them through some games. But yeah, um, I so think yeah. Fulham will be way more disappointed because they've got a much better team. They do have a much better team, but they both find themselves within points of each other at the bottom. So yeah. I, think... Yeah, I think the thing with Fulham, they're, they're not losing a lot of games, but they're drawing a lot of games. And that's the thing. Say, for example, you have five games and you draw five, you're five unbeaten, but a team who, you know, who loses three times or win twice, they've got more points than you in those five game stretch. Yeah. So they've got to start trying to turn in those points into, um, yeah. into wins. But that's the thing. Particularly... That's they... Yeah. Sorry, go on, Mark. Yeah, I was just particularly when they scored a first goal, yeah. which they did yeah. against West Brom. You give yourself a stronghold in a game like that against a team in the same area as you, you have to make sure you put everything into that game and make sure you go and win it. And I think West Brom will have to have the same approach tonight because it's not going to be easy against Sheffield United, but I think they won't want to go 1-0 down again and neither will Sheffield United. But yeah, massive games. Junior, you look like you've just yeah, seen it. Saka's hit one minute in, Saka's hit the post. He was one-on-one. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was one-on-one with the keeper and he hit the post. Anyway, um, I completely agree um, with you, Mark. Another thing I would say is that Fulham's style of play is probably much better than the the two teams that are below them. Um, probably on par with maybe Brighton in terms of like creating chances for themselves. Uh, the only thing is the profligacy, again, um, that Brighton have, Fulham seem to have as well. 
and it goes back to their defense. They can't keep. So when they do go ahead, they can't keep a goal out. So, uh, I mean, Scott Parker, he, I think he's done a really good job um, mm. in terms of how they started. And we were so adamant that Fulham were going straight back down. I know they're seven points behind Brighton, um, but I think the way that he's got this team playing, they are a threat going forward. And I think that's credit to Scott Parker. Um, they just need to, what Abdi said, turn these draws into wins um, and, and collect more points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it for all of, the, all of the club that the bottom spectrum of the table now, the, the be-all and end-all is mm-hmm. performance or not, Three points is vital every game, um, especially your home games. Especially your home games. It's 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 got to be cup final attitude going into every game for for your Sheffield United, your West Broms, your Fulham's, even the teams above them, Brighton, Newcastle, because they're still not safe. It has to be we need to win this game. And if Sheffield United win um to tonight, I think they go within a, a point or two of West Brom, which was I would say kind of West Brom who are second bottom. Yeah, but I would say it was unthinkable because they had um, they had literally two points for like ages. Um, Shout out to Pereira though; he's got five and five now. He's getting yeah. gold. So mm. yeah, well, I, I, West Brom made obviously with Big Sam made some signings um, yesterday, but mm. along with January. So... Oh wait, hold on! Did you guys see yeah, that uh, that the second goal, Man City's? Huh? Uh, you know when Man City played um, uh, when Man City played West Brom midweek and they won five nil. The Cancelo go. Everyone stopped and then he blasted at top bins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that just ridiculous? Yeah. Like the game stopped. Like I get obviously you should play to the whistle, but everyone stopped because they thought it was an offside. Yeah, that was a bit mad. Ridiculous. Um, I'm tired of yeah, yeah, but let, let's let's move on to the game. Let's move on which, to the next game, <laughs> which talks of, which had a big talking point, which involved VAR with two talking points. I must say, sorry, Southampton versus Villa. Um, these are two teams that you know started the season well. Southampton might say, um, you know, are reverting a little bit back to a form that you would expect. You know, they're not punching um so high above their weight right now they're i think they're starting to find it tough um against the bigger boys like arsenal i'd maybe say villas because villa able to um villa able to spend more than them and so yeah so i think they're finding it tough and quality shown through but there were the two var decisions now what do you think about the first one which was the penalty um, which wasn't given on Matty Cash, the handball. Do you think it should have been, or you think nah, his hand was by his side? What would you think, basically? Honest, honest answer is I don't even know anymore. That's, that's fair. That, that, that's I don't fair. know. I don't know what is what, and uh, I do think it was a pen, and, and that is. The, I do think it was a pen because I think it was a pen. Um, well. Although people were saying, oh, it, it came off his thigh and everything, but the ball stopped the. Then his hand stopped the ball going to goal, so it was a clear shot as well. I think it was Danny Ings took the shot, and then he handled it before the ball went in towards the goal. So obviously it should have been a pen. What do you think, Tans? Didn't see it. I told you I haven't watched hardly any football. We'll, we'll, so. we'll get to you, Tans. But um, I just want to say <laughs> that I I completely agree with Abdi because I think before the season started, they said the rule is if your hand obstructs 
the ball um, in a goal-scoring opportunity, however it is, then it's a penalty. And that is exactly what happened. Mm. Um, anyway, let's fine. Let's move on. The next one. Oh was... no! You don't want to talk about the the other one, mate. The, I a... literally just said the oh, next I one. He's moving the game. Sorry, my bad. No, no. <laughs> the next one um, was Danny Ings, and this is probably the biggest one of them all, because Danny Ings apparently was the whip of a butt hair from um from equalizing for Southampton his tattoo is offside <laughs> it's just a ridiculous at this point i think if you if it's that cl- if you have to bring the lines out i think it's not offside yeah it's not clear and obvious yeah, or, or whatever happened to kind of the unwritten law of just giving the attacker the benefit of the doubt on those tight kind of situations i'm tired you want to see more goals not yeah. less come on man. and the emotion of like danny Ings, he scored the equalizer he's running and then he has to stop his celebrate that for me that's not offside his armpit was offside Ugh, we're, we're back to mm-hmm. the armpit and it's just it's just really annoying we're back to the we had listen i'm sure there are like plenty of other examples but the only one I can think of is the Mane one against Everton when Henderson scored this season the winner and it was literally I don't even know if it was an armpit it could have been like a a, like a bristle of one of his armpits or something (laughs) and you just think like the way you can assess these ones is um, if there was no VAR and the goal was given do you think any Aston Villa player is complaining? No or any fan? No so there needs to be it's no surprise that it's Mike Dean (laughs) massive nomad he's in the VAR room I I think Southampton really hard done by um, but it is where it is and this even um, they came out of the game even Dean Smith was like just don't know anymore just don't know what to to expect so but what I mean just to sum up I guess is that it's another big three points for Villa on what I think is fair to say now is, is a campaign where they probably We'll hope to be pushing for European football. Yeah, well, I think that is fair insane. to say. Shout um, out to Barkley, though. Not yeah, cool. good goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Grealish again with the assist. Let's move on. Um, Thomas Tuchel, he, we heard about his first game, uh, stalemate nil nil with with Wolves, but the second game was, I would, I think it's fair to say, pure and total domination from start to finish with the seventy two percent possession, uh, one million passes. Uh, 21 shots on goal. Uh, Bernie, <laughs> they didn't test um, my man, Mendy. Um, uh, anyway, what do you guys think? I think I'm a little bit ahead. I think I'm a little bit ahead. Saka scored! I'm waiting. Alright guys, I'm logging off now. Saka scored. No, I finished. I think, I think the... Uh, the, the it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Kante injured or is he just dropped? Uh, I think he's in just come back yeah. from a, okay, cool. But uh, I feel like it's clear what kind of way he wants to play because he, he immediately he's brought in Jorginho and Kovacic. Yeah, as, um, no, no, he but he, he did say when he he did say when he joined that he's been trying to sign Kante for years upon years and he's so glad he can work with him now. So I, I think he definitely slots straight into that midfield when he's fit. fit. Yeah. Oh, the goal's disallowed, by the way. Oh, it was no. also um, a big call to bring in um, Alonso who I thought was finished at Chelsea. And you have to say, he played yeah. pretty decently. He got the goals, a banging goal as well. I what thought. a goal. It's just, it's, it, what, what a goal. It was, it was a oh banging goal. How long have I been saying it, man? How long have I been saying it? Chelsea's best striker is Alonso. <laughs> he's he's this type of player, like him and, and Doherty, they both got the same mindset. They don't want to play wing-back or full-back or anything like that. They want to play as a, a left, a, you know, 
a left-sided or right-sided forward. And that's what he does as well. And then you see what he's like in the box. He's got good instincts in the box and he, you know, he can finish quite well. Yeah. It's just interesting to me. It doesn't... It looks like he doesn't really fancy Chihuahua. I know he's only had no. two games, but you had the first game where he took him off 70th minute and you've got uh, this one here where he just hasn't played him at all. So... His next lineup will be interesting. I think. Very I think what, what Tuchel's doing, which to be fair to him, like you kind of had to, is you. You're, he's he's just assessing all the players that yeah. he has. Um, and I think. Yeah, of course. Um, he said something that like he goes, "I've inherited a squad that I just need to learn." Basically, he, he said that I need to. I need to just learn. Um, it's interesting. He's playing Callum Hudson Odoi as right wing back. Yeah, that was interesting. Mm. But he's been good though. On Mark's point, he's exactly yeah. He's been on Mark's good. point a few weeks ago about Frank Lampard not giving Chelsea an identity, straight away you can mm. already identify what Chelsea are under Thomas Tuchel in just two games. Uh, um, it's kind of like possess more well, from what I, what I'm taking <laughs> from it anyway is, is possession based football with a bit of a punch. Yeah. If mm. I were to explain it in a short kind of snappy, <laughs> that's what I've seen so far. Yeah, is that he's, he's telling them to hold on to the ball, find the right pass in the right moments, but if it's not on, keep the ball. And they're overloading, um, creating overloads in attack where you have like five against four, four against three. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's creating those moments more often for Chelsea. Um, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, Leicester versus Leeds. Shock result, 3-1. Uh, Mr. Bamford involved in every single game. Um, what do you guys think? Leicester seen a completely different team without Vardy. Yeah. Yeah. They, I don't know. Interesting, guys. I was trying to, I was trying to gather my thoughts because I'm not trying to do, um, I don't know, I'm not trying to do them with disrespect, but. Ian Atro and Perez are not Vardy, is that what you're trying to say? I said, essentially, they're, they're not, you take Jamie Vardy out of that team and they just, there's no focal point. There's no, from what I've seen anyway with Perez, because he's not really a number nine anyway. There's no, none of those expert runs in behind yeah. that he can make to perfection. They lose a lot through missing Jamie Vardy mm-hmm. and you can tell. And and maybe this little phase has shown Brendan that Leicester as a team and as a squad probably need to work a little bit better and, and stop relying on Jamie Vardy so much because he's not going to be around forever and it needs to be continued. Mm. I mean, he is 34. I.e. now. <laughs> he is 34. Listen, I can't he's every about 40. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he doesn't look like he's 34. If he's sprinting at you, he probably feels like he's about 26. Yeah. And I guess the, the, the next point is, is that you're looking at replacing Vardy, but there aren't many strikers like Vardy nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Well, Leicester lose... They lose a lot when they lose Jamie Vardy, mm. but one of the main things they lose is goals. So they, they need someone who can step in when Jamie Vardy isn't fit, who can score 15, 10, 15 goals a season. Is that like a staple of Brendan Rodgers? He doesn't want to like put too. He wasn't. He doesn't want to like put too much pressure on his number one striker because actually Liverpool, he he played a lot with um, Suarez. But obviously, he had Sturridge playing with him, so it wasn't like a backup striker. It was a guy who's playing with him. And, you know, we see a lot of games now where Perez will play with him or Harvey Barnes is more, he's a bit more of a winger though, rather than an out-and-out striker. And so, um, I don't know, like we talked about City as well, them not really having, 
or not getting that many strikers as well. So maybe it's a semi similar situation there where mm. it is Vardy's, you know, your own Vardy's house. So you just <laughs> you set up a tent mm. outside. But this is my point. It's like I think teams need to have a plan B of some sort. Uh, we just spoke about it with Man United. I think um, obviously they have a lot of attacking options, but I don't know. I feel I feel like with Leicester, you can't afford to rely so heavily on one player um, if you're going for top four. Because imagine you go, you qualify Champions League next season and Vardy gets injured. You're coming straight out of the Champions League and you're struggling in the league. Like, what are you going to do? Mm, unless, yeah, because it's obvious, unless they have someone of quality, you can yeah, step in. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's obvious he doesn't fancy Ian Acho. Ian Acho was meant to be his backup striker. And Perez isn't really the guy you want as your number nine if you're looking to kind of lead a charge for top four yeah. football. I know it's not for a long time, and Vardy should be back in a couple of weeks, but if you know you don't fancy what you've got in reserve, don't bank on Jamie Vardy being fit for the full season. Yeah, true. Have someone there who can come in and do the job as well. But let's not forget, quality... Uh, no, not quality, but great result for Leeds, 3-1. They, um, they've been yeah. struggling for, for results and stuff. Bamford's finish was cool. Oh, His brilliant. overall performance was outstanding. I he think... was brilliant. Yeah, it was, it let was. Me, let me pose you guys a question. So, we've seen someone we're going to talk about in a bit, but Harry Kane mm. got injured with his ankle again. Seen Tammy Abraham is rubbish, obviously. <laughs> Rashford's been out for me, hasn't scored in six games in the league. Yeah. What are you saying about Patrick Ramford for England? I don't know. No, I, I don't he's, think so. He's, the, he's after Harry Kane is the highest scoring Englishman in the yeah, but this season. Do you remember like mm-hmm. um, Ricky Lambert like scoring bare goals for the Southampton? Oh, you need to respect Patrick Bamford. Bro. No, but no, is, I don't. I, I don't I'm not trying to like disrespect anyone. Like I think Ricky Lambert, he he did what he did for Southampton. He piqued Liverpool's interest. Liverpool were going for a difficult time, but he also played for England. Uh, and I just think like. If nation, without being disrespectful, you line up against Bamford. You're not. It's not. It's not Harry Kane. That's my point. Harry mm. Kane is a world class striker, and mm. that's my point. But uh, he's his I, game. I think I think on. he's got a chance of going. I think he's got a chance. But I mean, the question I would pose back to you, I guess, then is: Is it over Ings? Mm. And Calvert Lewin, yeah, there's a lot, and maybe like uh, that. There's so many options in that in that sense, but I, I think you're right to say it because it's not just as if he's just had one quality game and you're saying it. He's had a really good season yeah. as well. I'm just looking at the top scorers in the Premier League. So Bar Salah, Son, and Bruno, all of them are Englishmen. Well, you got Zaha as well. He's Ivorian, but every, look, you got you got Kane, Vardy. Bamford, Calvert-Lewin, Wilson and Ollie Watkins all in the top 10. That's really good for England. They got the English. Uh, interesting. Do you know the interesting one is I was reading something of Ollie Watkins, I think today or yesterday, and he really wants to impress as well. There are a lot of English strikers who are playing well at the moment who do have their eyes fixed on that Europe, Europe, mm. European I mean, Championship. It's a good club. question. Um, I just think oh, it's difficult because Bamford has had spells at Chelsea, Middlesbrough in the league. And been underwhelming. Obviously, it works under Bielsa, but I think it's difficult to say. I thought his performance was really high quality, and and not just obviously his finish was fantastic. But uh, what I liked as well was his 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 play for the second goal, like when he got through and he could have easily mm. got some goal. That's the third he sort goal. Sort of reminds me. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. Do you remember Michu? Yeah, 
Yeah. It reminds me of Mitra, yeah. you know, his running style, left foot, he's very casual the way he finishes. And um, he's, he's quite, you know, he's quite built as well, he's quite tall. So, the classic yeah, celebration. Yeah, maybe, yeah, Junior's doing the um, crazy celebration that Mitra used to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think we should move on because we've, we've still got to talk about Liverpool and Spurs. So um, next up was Marcus or Liverpool back. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. No, I'm joking. Like I'm joking. We're, we're, it's good to see us um, back to a level that we should be at. That's what I'll say. I don't know whether we're back. We've got a big game uh, this week, Wednesday, so the day this episode drops, and then we've got an even bigger game on Sunday. Sunday. But we have to be going into that. Obviously, we talk about the results just happened, but we we have to be going into that with three points from Brighton. Mm. We have to, have to, have to. Otherwise, it makes the whole situation 10 times harder for yeah. us. puts 10 times more pressure on us. So, we'll see what happens. Oh, what do you think, um, just from a Liverpool fan perspective, what do you think has changed from your the barren run, where you weren't scoring goals in nearly eight hours, <clears throat> to now, it just seems something's clicked again and Liverpool just seem at it. Yeah. I don't know, what from your perspective. I don't know. It's, it's interesting because if you look at Klopp's years over however long it's been, his the 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 way we play has always evolved and changed season on season almost. As you said that even earlier, we used to outscore opponents. Then kind of it turned into let's out defend opponents and then get a goal or two, and it's continuously evolves. And I think one of the things he's done is kind of gone back to basics a little bit. So I've I've noticed that Salah and Mane. Simone is not fit at the moment. It was Origi on the weekend. Mm. Are staying wider and higher, whereas maybe before they would be tucking in a lot earlier into the game, mm. just giving us that width. So the onus isn't just on the fullbacks to provide that width now. Mm. So it, you can't really read how we're going to play football. Whereas I think we were a bit too predictable in these past few months in the sense that if we couldn't get it to Trent or Robbo, mm. there wasn't much creativity. Mm. But now it's Salah, Trent, both hogging that right touch line. Robo, Mane, hugging the left touch line. You've got Thiago, Wijnaldum and whoever it is in midfield keeping it silky in there but getting the ball wired early and then we overload. And I think it's just, it's working. We're not spamming in crosses anymore. That's noticeable. Um, And it's it's something that's obviously been uh, a big topic of discussion because I think we went from 40 crosses in one game and the next game we ended up putting in 10 or 11. So the way we play football has changed in terms of setting up on the pitch tactically, definitely. And you forgot the return of the guy. He's back in form, Mr. Salah. <laughs> Listen, this guy is always in form. That's why I said when we were talking about like our midway player of the season, I said Salah has to be in with a shout because mm. you will look at that two goals against United in the Cup, two goals against um, West Ham, etc., and think, right, he's back. Mm. I see this all the time. He doesn't, for me, it's not the goals that make Mohamed Salah. It's everything that comes with it. You do have to agree the that, goals it, are coming that with that. Now. The sharpness is a little bit back as well. Because we saw it at, the sharp, against Tottenham as well. Like, they, like, he didn't get the goals, but he looked like he, he was, could score at any He moment. was terrifying. He was dying to get a goal the whole time. He was dying. He was. And he, and he, got, to me, he got his goals. Um, he's up there with 15 in the league at the moment with, uh, what, 15 games, uh, 17 games to go. So I, I think he'll have his, his eyes on his own record um, or at least getting close to it in terms of a 32-goal season. Mm. 
Um, because I can see him now going on a bit of a scoring one. It's lovely to have him back. He's a really, really important player for us. Stupidly important. He's a quality player, but it's just good to have the whole team back. Everyone looks confident. Thiago's bedded in now. Um, Genie's been quality these past yeah. few weeks. And I have to say, actually, Jordan Henderson has been really good at centre-back. Really good. And it's what saved guy. us a lot of a lot of hassle. What did I tell you time. about Nat Phillips compared to Reese Williams? I've been saying it for about a month yeah. now. So. You didn't have to tell me. To. Listen, Nat Phillips is 23 and, and Reese Williams is 19. It should Nat have Phillips always is been 23 and Reese Williams Phillips is not good. I had you stop, man. Um, Mark, let's talk about something. How gassed were yeah. you at that second goal? So we're talking about the West Ham game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah, the counter attack, extremely... seven touches. Wow. That the ball from Shakiri, the touch from Salah, the uh-huh. finish, uh-huh. Oh! touch of the decade, mate. Mate, it was disgusting touch because of the the power, the, the height, spin on it, the power. It was raining. It was his weaker foot. Everything about finish that as well was just was... like yeah. So that. nonchalant, it's so cheeky. nonchalant, like touching yeah. and just so cheeky. It, it, that was a a Liverpool counter attack of the old kind of mm. reign where our counter attacks were absolute perfection. I remember one against uh, away against Porto in the Champions League. They were the Everton at home last season. Everton at home. Um, that was beautiful. It was off of Robbo's head onto Trent's foot, over to Shakiri, straight to Salah. One touch in. That ball Perfect. from um, Trent doesn't get a lot of credit because he puts it straight in the path no. from Shakiri. Want... One touch. Oh, he does. You... The funny thing is that when Shakiri played that ball first time, I was thinking, no. <laughs> really? Yeah, he... I, I thought, thought that as should... well. Wait a bit. I honestly thought he should have taken one, like taken a touch and then just assessed. We, we had them outnumbered anyway, but who am I? <laughs> no, but Salah. Who am Salah, I? two like, touches right and that, in, in, in a goal. That was, that was rude. Yeah, but even the first goal, it's just typical Salah. If you give him time and space in the box and let him use that left foot, a lot of the time he will just bend it into the, the it's far so corner, true. and there's nothing it's, the keeper can do about Salah. it. It's typical Salah, like he picks it up on the edge of the box and he just it, he divers there. He waits for movement. The pieces move. He opens mm-hmm. up and it's in the top corner. The game was dead after he. That was a typical. Goal, I think even West Ham yeah. they just thought, all right, cool, this is Liverpool now. And I mean, I was anticipating, I was saying to a few people that that, that wasn't the West Ham that we've seen for the past yeah. two months. And I don't know whether we won so comfortably because we were so good, which we were. And I will, thinking about it now, it's probably a combination of both. Just West Ham weren't great. I think West Ham gave you a lot of respect. Um, they did. And it was probably the best time. I know we had just beaten Spurs, but it was our worst run in a long time and it was probably the best time to maybe come out and not show us that much respect, mm. so to speak, because you've seen us being beat. You've seen us drawn to Fulham, Brighton, Newcastle, get uh, West Brom. Um, you've seen this happen recently. You should have come maybe, for me, with a bit more gusto, mm. energy to your play and really think that you can win that game. But, you know, like something interesting because... West Ham have Antonio, Suchek, you know, these players, um, Dawson, players that, you know, really cause problems in the air. And really, even corners, West Ham were playing short corners. I was, I was just beside myself. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Even that, that dumbfounded me as well. It was their first corner of the whole game. We've got... Is he Jamie Redman crying shift. in the studio, by Yeah, he was, he was literally in tears. Whoever the commentator was as well. Gary was, Neville. Um, was it Gary Neville? He was like, I literally can't believe that because you've got a really big opportunity here. It was 35th, 36th minute. 
whip that ball in, test it. Which Liverpool player is ready to get their head on that ball? Because usually, eight out of ten times, any corner, Verge is winning it. Mm. But we don't have that. We don't have Matip. We don't have Joe Gomez. That was the opportunity to really test how much damage you could do to us at a corner. But fair enough, they whipped it in for their next few But that was the point that I was making about Nat Phillips because in your reverse game against um, West Ham, he that was probably... Uh, he was he was man of the match. I think he won that game two one or so. But yeah. he was very dominant in the air. Like he got like twelve aerial duels won. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. why um, it helped as well because they have quite a physical team. And you know, Moyes is just trying to recreate his best sides from the past. So like, <laughs> Suchek is his Fellaini, um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Bowen. Uh, he just looks at him and thinks Mo- Pienaar. Mo- Moyes came out and said that. <laughs> Moyes came out and said that um, he sees Suchek more like Tim Cahill and not Fellaini. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, actually, I remember that. I think that's a fair comparison. But to be fair, like Suchek, he sort of, although like, I have been singing his praises for most of the season, I know you really like him as well, Mark. But I think um, he sort of, I don't know if it was because he was playing against Liverpool's midfield, he sort of got exposed a little bit in, you know, him being a mm. bit more of an aerial threat rather than on the ball with his feet. Because he saw, you know, he played against Thiago, Wijnaldum, and who else was it, Milner? There, and players who could recycle possession mm-hmm. really well as well and, and maintain you know possession for Liverpool in the opposing half so you saw a lot of um, Suchek and Rice getting outplayed so I yeah. think it's a bit it's, a, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough to say oh he's been exposed I think it's one game I think players are allowed to have an off game I mean they're not but they they sort of are if you no, I just saying. think that's a staple of his play I mean a lot of the time He's he's more of a like off the ball kind of player. Like he doesn't really have the mm. like you don't see you don't see West Ham as a team who maintain a lot of possession. Do no. especially under Moyes, this style of play. He mm. definitely wants him to be his Fellaini, win all the aerial duels, get me goals in the box. So, um, but yeah, let's let's let's. Move uh, Mark, anything you want yeah. to say before? Uh, just, this? just yeah, yeah. Just to sum it up for me, I guess is that <laughs> it's, it's been really good for me in the past <laughs> for me uh, two games. Really good for me. <laughs> Really good for me, and not <laughs> um, just to see. Um, I can't even. Oh, you rather just to see how how we haven't hopefully let what happened in the past couple of months affect us. We've got a couple of centre backs in as reinforcements now, yeah. but it's just for me. It's good to see us back to playing as a level of football that we should be, and also winning get and winning games along with that. Um, and I thought. Curtis Jones was really impressive when he came on against West Ham as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's good to see him progressing. Tanya! Nice little segue well... there. Nice little segue there. Let's talk, Tanya. Uh, uh, how's, your might as well just, um... how's your heart? How's your heart? How's your week? No, we're not going to skip it. You have to speak about it. How, how's your heart, Tanya? We might as well just not talk about it. No, no, Tanya, answer my question. How's your heart? Um... I mean, it's obvious. Like, I'm, I'm just not at the races today, boys. I'm just not. Mm. Do you know what? I'm not even angry anymore. I'm upset. Just disappointed. <laughs> oh, but you tell, know what? tell us what's on your mind. Tell us what's on your mind. Because obviously, like, you guys will find it funny, but no. I think people don't. No, no, no. Listen, people, people don't realize that being a Tottenham fan is actually very, very difficult, and you have to have so much resilience because this team just constantly lets you down but look I'm I'm not gonna dissect the game because I mentally just can't I don't have the strength to dissect the Brighton game but what I will say is that credit to them 
first and foremost, because I don't want to say how bad we were. We have to actually give them credit. They played really, really well. They dominated the game from start to finish. Like, there's no argument there. But I, I don't know what to say. Like, I genuinely don't know what, what to... I'm trying oh, to think, right. is it the manager? Is it the players? I think you have to start with the manager, first and foremost. You know how I feel about Jose. I've been Jose out for a while now. Mm. Um, the way he sets us up as a team, I've been all for it when, when it's won us games. And I've said that I've seen pretty football under Poch and it's not got us anywhere. And we were winning games. We beat Man United convincingly, beat, beat Man City. But let's be honest, like this has been going on for a while now. Like Even the games that we have won, I've seen these performances. They haven't been good enough. Mm-hmm. And let's just talk about... like. Five at the back against Brighton, like for me, it's just, it's not acceptable. And don't get me wrong, you could question the personnel and everything else, but I just don't understand the logic behind that. And then to moan last season about no backup striker, the club knows I want a striker, and you don't even start him. Like Son is not a striker for me. Like he looks so isolated up there. Like the centre backs are just doubling up, doubling up on him each time. Mm. And you've just left Vinicius on the bench who. Look, let's be honest, he's he's done a job for us when called upon and he's been against very weak opposition, but why are you not playing him in this game? And that's what frustrates me. Don't set us up to fail. Like, it just winds me up. And then the flip side of that is the players. Like, we have to question the players. Like I said, I'm not a fan of Mourinho, but really and truly, the players aren't good enough. Dyer, he's not good enough. Toby, he's not good enough. Ben Davis isn't good enough. Doherty is not good enough. Sissoko, Winks, Lamella, Mora. You know, the list goes on. It's not good enough. And these are the same players, barring Doherty. You know, they've they've done the same thing under Poch. They've downed tools. And, you know, I have to sit there and watch these lot play week in, week out. I have so much passion here. And I want, I want the club to win stuff. I want us to be a big club. But they don't care. So as far as I'm concerned, I shouldn't care. I'm not going to stress about the games anymore that we play. I'll watch them, of course. I'll always support my team, but I'm not going to expect anything less from them. I'm really not. You know, it didn't surprise me. With Dr Tottenham, that Liverpool game, listen, that was the last straw for me, but to play even worse in the Brighton game, when I see players not running, not playing with passion, the only one Mm. that actually plays with any care and heart is Hoybier. The rest of them, boy, I'm telling you, you didn't want to see me against in that game, I was punching my fist. I was doing all sorts, mate. I'm self-inflicting myself for this trip. So, who who comes out of this season with so far with their head held high? In your opinion, for Spurs, I've said this. I think there's only six players that should stay in this team. The rest have to go, and of course, it's not going to happen overnight. But we are we have to go through a massive, massive rebuild, and that's Kane, Son. Rehulon, who's not even our player, um, Hoybier and Ndombele and Lloris. But to be fair, Lloris, I, I thought he was awful against Liverpool, but that's another story. Them six, we need to have that as our template now. The rest of the players, we need to ship them out. And as I said, it's not going to happen overnight, but they're just, they're not good enough. Our defence is, goodness me. <laughs> it, I, I didn't think it was this bad, but, but boy, it is just so- absolutely it's mad so Tanya can I ask you a question like um, you, you're obviously talking about <clears throat> moving forward next season but this season isn't over where it is, do you, as far where, as I'm concerned no, 
But you still you say that, but you're you're through in the FA Cup. You've got a, um, a League Cup final, and you're through in the Europa League as well. Let's Where... be honest, guys. Do you think we're winning that final? Be be brutally honest. No, nah, l- we listen, have not winning a, that. A <laughs> final, a final. Anything can happen. A cup game is is. Anything yeah, but you is up can't for grabs. say that about Tottenham, though. It's Tottenham. I keep saying this. Like, you guys think I'm negative and everyone thinks I'm negative. But let's be honest. We are bottle jobs. We are. There's something mentally wrong at this football club. I've said it so many times. You can stick Virgil van Dijk in this defence. He will, he will turn into a rubbish player. It's like this top, this club. <laughs> oh, my we're God. In a, we're in a pandemic right now. <laughs> Mate, our club's got a bottle job virus. Like, that is a real <laughs> thing at this club. Oh, my I'm not God. joking. You I guys think we found the time of the episode. I've, I've put up with this for a very long time. You know, semi-finals after semi-finals, we've bottled it. Bottled Champions League finals. How many games this season have we bottled? Fulham, Wolves. You know, I'm sick of it now, man. I'm sick of it. And that's the thing. I blame Jose, but there is definitely a mentality issue and the players aren't good enough. And then you have to go back to the board as well. We always go for the cheap options. We could have Ruben Diaz, we could have Bruno Fernandes, we could have Dybala, we could have had all these players. Oh no, they're too much money. Mm. It is what it is. Like, there's no going forward for me unless we get rid of these players. It's as simple as that. But the manager, for me, he's got to take responsibility. I don't like how he's treating Deli Ali. I mean, look at the situation we're in now. We've got a player who is quite clear wanting to go to PSG. Mourinho doesn't want him. Levy begged the guy to stay. But what? Where's he going to fit into this team now? Mourinho doesn't want him, so he's just going to be sat at home. Honestly, we're turning into Arsenal, man. I don't, I, yeah, I think it's... T- Sorry, what did you say? I'll let, I'll let, we're turning into I'll let Arsenal. The guys that one. <laughs> what, what, trophy what, winners? What? No, Sorry, no, not. Uh, expand <laughs> on the, we're getting that, back to Arsenal. No, huh? in terms of, like, holding on to players that are just simply not good enough. Ben Davis, Lamella... That's Lamella's not an Arsenal-specific problem. has been here nine... Well, eight years and he's not even scored 20 goals. He's been oh in nine God. years, That's bro. insane. That is what is he doing here? And Bergwijn is dead. Doherty, oh my God. It's like we're playing with 10 men. He's so bad. He's awful. My nan could do better. My nan, bro. I, I, yeah, but how good your nan do? I think your nan is like left wing back. <laughs> I do sympathise <laughs> on the Deli Ali thing that you were saying because um, I, I was thinking, yeah, he... Um, I don't know who, but they were saying they didn't want to let Deli Ali go because they wanted to get a, a suitable replacement. But I was thinking, yeah, why do you, I was like, why do you want to get a suitable replacement if Deli Ali never plays? So you're getting a super, suitable you know what replacement to sit on the bench. They said um, I could do oh, that. they couldn't find they couldn't find a replacement. You got Odegaard. Why weren't we looking at these options? This is the thing. Mm. I don't get this club. Who does our recruitment? I have no idea. That's valid. I, I agree with Tanya. Paul Merson was talking a lot of Paul Merson was talking a lot of nonsense this week. The one thing he did say <laughs> no, is that right Harry Kane's out and Tottenham are, are short on goals. So why would you not get a guy? Oh, I've said it previously. Obviously, I, I, my issue was people thought he was top class. I just thought he was an average guy. But one thing he does have is he's a goal for it and he can yeah. run off the ball. His movement. And Tottenham not yeah. having that. You saw how static the midfield was against Liverpool. Having a guy like Deli Ali making runs from deeper, it would provide Tottenham with a much different goal for it, especially the way we're seeing Kane play at the moment. Well, for, for most of the season where he's dropping mm. deep and, and playing those balls over the top. It was working previously with Deli Alli and the Poch, so why is he not um, trying it? It's just, uh, I, I like Tanya was speaking earlier on and she was literally hitting the nail on the head time and time again with, with, with Mourinho and Tottenham and the issues they've got now. It's this negative play and playing five at the back against Brighton is just outrageous. outrageous. Especially as... Brighton themselves play with multiple centre-backs and wing-backs as well. So if you played more up front 
and you know more of like a front four kind of vibe with guys moving about you probably could have exploited them a bit more can i can uh, i ask a question to tanya um obviously i we've heard what you've had to say about about bail um but do you think that this is a, a guy who's obviously got a lot of quality and mm. um harry redknapp was on sky sports yesterday talking about um Mourinho's playing mm, players ab- yeah playing players above mm. um Gareth Bell who couldn't even tie his laces do you think it's time for a prolonged period just have him in a team and see yep. if he gets up to scratch see if he his fitness goes up and and see if he gets that joy back what do you think no I, no I agree junior and this is where I have to question the manager because I do agree Gareth Bell hasn't hit the heights he just hasn't and I don't think the players are not good enough. But I do think the manager, his man management and coaching skills need to come into this because, you know, he has just played Bale on the right. And Bale can play as a number 10. You can try him as a left wing back. You know, try something different. And, you know, what Harry Redknapp was saying is, it's not untrue that, you know, he hasn't had a lot of minutes. But I don't know, like, I've seen him play and he, he, he just doesn't look, Mm. like he's up for anything right now he just would, looks shot i would confident. say playing wing back a bail as a wing back would be the wrong decision um i, I, I do don't think, know try something i do think i don't he, know i do I, I i was thinking along the same lines as you as like a number 10 but then that affects where Ndombele plays but i think if you just give him mm. a, a prolonged period in the team he might play his way into form i don't know we've seen weirder things happen but yeah he's a player with a lot of quality but I don't want to keep um, I don't want to keep on this subject because I know that you're, you're yeah I'm done you're with tired. I, I, that was that was really good points Tanya you're hitting the nail in the head time and time yeah. again no, I, agree. I agreed um, it's just pain just pain don't worry <sighs> anyway. there's another game there's always another Chelsea. game Chelsea yeah I oh, can't wait yeah. for that on oh, Thursday oh that should be though, a really good yeah. game it won't be you know we okay, okay let's said that last time in the junior now. yeah let, let's move on um True. cool so man of the, man of the week um had a, a bit of a, a hiatus last week hiatus is that the word abdi mr Carilla? yeah okay hi hiatus last week but it's back this week um and we'll start with abdi who's your man of the week my man of the week and bear with me on this one i'm gonna go with um, the new Liverpool centre-back, Ozan Kabak. Okay. And the reason I say so is because him signing for Liverpool meant Mustafi can finally leave <laughs> and go sign for Schalke. And it brought me uh, unbelievable yeah. amounts of joy. I've never been happier. And I watched a video of all his, a Twitter video of all of his mistakes and it was causing me physical yeah, pain. Yeah, I saw that too. So I had to turn it off. I, I don't know so if that was music. I don't know if that was music. Schalke, hilariously, Schalke signing Mustafi and Kalasinac in a desperate attempt to go straight down and never come back. So, um, but no, I'm joking. My, 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 my man of the week is Bamford. Bamford. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Tanya? Do you, you know what? I'm going to... I've got one. I'm yeah. going to go for Patrick Bamford. Um, uh, I just said that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't hear Tanya, you're so mentally tuned out. Yeah, Tanya. <laughs> Tanya. She, said, she said it like it was like, the oh my, you, you lot would never believe who I'm saying, man. <laughs> now, let's <laughs> go. It's Patrick Bamford. Tanya. Didn't I just Sorry, say that like two seconds ago? Yeah. I did, Literally I did. like 10 seconds ago. Uh, we I maybe should have started with Tanya. <laughs> um, do you have another one? Do you want me to come back to you, Tanya? It's fine. I'm just going to stick with Patrick Bamford. I don't have a. Uh, Abdi, do one. you have another one? 
Kabak is my is my. Uh, okay, we'll my go. We'll, we'll go with Kabak. <laughs> Mark, do you have um? Do you have a man of the week nomination? I do. Yeah, it has to be. I don't even think I'm nominating him yet, but it has to be Marcelo for mm. the this week. That's mm. that's fair. Just for that second goal alone. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I'm gonna go with. Uh, just looking back on the agenda, I'm going to go with Callum Wilson. Um, yeah, two goals for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, important victory for Newcastle. So, yeah, that's our Man of the Weeks. Who was the Man of the Week? Who won the Man of the Week? We posted that. It was Ndombele. Um, he was... He wasn't. We didn't have one. <laughs> Sorry, Tanya. Uh, let's move on. Does anyone have anything else? Oh, wait, I do. You know, yesterday... Um, um, that was nice. That, that was subtle, Junior. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I am not. Does anyone have have any else? Oh, I do. <laughs> I'm not very good. I just remembered. Basically, I saved this <laughs> thing, and um, Antonio Villas Boas has left uh, Marseille because. Man uh, said Antonio Villas Boas. Andres. Andres. Oh, same <laughs> thing, man. Antonio Andres. This man's all have the same name. Um, he he left Marseille <laughs> because. Ba- well, I'm. He's Portuguese. I'm from Brazil. There are colonizers. What do oh, you want from me? It's the same thing in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically, go, 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 ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. Nas- National Historic Channel, <laughs> National, National History yeah, Channel. Man said there are colonizers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. Anyway, far from the point, Abdi. Anyway, um, so basically, he's left Marseille because um, the board wanted to sign his player. He said, "No, I don't want him," and they signed him anyway. And he he basically threw a hissy fit and and quit. Wow, don't blame him. Yeah, sorry. He's like, I don't want any money. I just want to leave. It yeah. was in Cham, the yeah. player Olivier in Cham from Celtic, and he didn't wow. want him. Yeah, yeah. Him, which is kind of rude, you know, especially for the next one. No, but <laughs> it is. No, but he, you know, they didn't even like. They asked him, "Do you want him?" He said, "No, definitely yeah. not." Then they went and signed him without telling him, <laughs> yeah. and then he found out in his pre-match press conference, <laughs> and just offered to quit, and just offered to quit there. And well, then. big news: like, West Brom. Bro. West Brom have scored. Um, Phillips has scored against Sheffield United. Um, oh no, I put them to win. I, listen, <laughs> I did say that the first goal in this game would be important, so we'll see whether my words of wisdom follow through. Well, we'll, and if West Brom do go on to win this game, we'll, we'll definitely hold you hold you to that next week on the podcast. Definitely going to be a two one two one Sheffield United. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping so because I put two one down. So hopefully. Um, anything else, guys? Any anyone else? Abdi, you've nope. always got something up your sleeve. No, no, I don't actually. We, we, we will be looking, Abdi. I have to say, we will be looking for an update soon enough about um, my man who you keep bumping into outside the same <laughs> Oh, no, but I did see, I did see uh, just a quick story to end the podcast. Here. Oh, here we go. You know, the, um, about a while ago, I told you a story about a guy who um, has two massive dogs outside the shop. Yeah. And he was trying to get me a custom. Yeah, yeah. So. This shop, I, I I haven't been out much because obviously it's during the, we're in a bit of a pandemic. But I walked I walked to the shop here and I saw him, and his dogs were tied up right by the shop. So I was just like, okay. Um, and they were going mad as well, and it was super cold. So I was like, no, nah, this is long. I'm turning around. I went back. I was walking back home. He comes out of the shop. He goes, no, come back, come back. And then I'm walking back. I'm, I'm trying not to listen to him. And I'm cross across the road and I'm walking back. All of a sudden, I see him. He left his dogs tied up. He's next to me. He comes running after me and he says, brother, brother, come on, man. Don't worry. Brother. My dogs aren't going to hurt you. I'm like, brother, I'm not worried about your dogs. I'm worried about those two dragons you got, like, you got hanging, tied up. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. So you walked all the way to the shop. No, no, eventually just, I went back like 10 minutes later, but I just went for a little bit of a, a detour first. A man called you brother, you know. 
Um, <laughs> cool. So that, Abdi, do you want to do your little goodbye thing? Uh, okay, cool. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, we'll be back again on this weekly football podcast next Wednesday. And as always, we'll talk about that later. I keep uh, ruining I keep saying yeah, as always first, why? Innit? Just let it go, man. Just oh, flow okay. with it. Right. Oh, man. I thought you... Nah. Right. <laughs> See you guys. See you guys, bye. Bye, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.